Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Are you tired of feeling like your wheels are spinning all the time? Maybe you don't know what you should be working on on any given day or what will actually move the needle forward in your business. We have started a new mentorship program at eBlog Talk where we work together in a one-on-one setting to create an individualized plan just for you. Spots are very limited for this program, so if this interests you, go to eblogtalk.com and grab your spot today. I will personally draw up a plan for your business for the next three or six months, your choice, and I will check in with regular calls to make sure you are on track. Again, go to eblogtalk.com for more information and to grab your spot. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, friends. Thank you so much for listening and for taking the time to press play today. This episode is going to be a little bit different. I decided to take a recent clubhouse room that I had recorded and put it on the podcast because it was so good, packed with great information. Uh, Lauren Piamonte from Plantivore Kitchen and I were co-hosting this room We were discussing the concept of separating ourselves from other bloggers and from other competitors in order to make those wins happen more quickly, make those gains come more quickly into our businesses. The inspiration for the chat came from another podcast called The Ed Milet Show and a particular episode that he put up called It's Separation Season. So within this clubhouse room, we have a super valuable discussion about this whole concept. I will let you listen and I really hope you enjoy. Hello, Lauren. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday. I love Fridays. <laughs> Me too. I can't believe Memorial Day weekend is next weekend already. I oh have my no gosh. idea. That's crazy, isn't it? Summer is basically here, which is insane. It literally is. Are you guys doing anything fun for it? Um, for Memorial Day or summer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Memorial Day. We usually well, I guess both, but <laughs> yeah, all of you. But um, we usually don't do much for Memorial Day weekend. We just kind of lay low and chill. Um, but yeah, we have just camping plans for the summer. How about you? Yeah, I remember you saying that for Memorial Day weekend, we have some uh, friends that are going to be here. So I think we'll just do like some paddle boarding, typical Austin stuff. And then I don't know for the summer yet. We haven't really planned it out. Yeah, take it as it comes, especially after last year. We find that planning, you well, we can't always plan, right? <laughs> um, so true. I know. Well, I'm excited about today. So I've I ran this by you and I hope this is okay, Lauren. But I want to actually record this as a podcast episode because you and I have both listened to this uh, other podcast episode, Ed Milet, from the Ed Milet show that I loved, and I know you loved it too. So I would like to just have a little discussion about the episode and talk about it. I think it can really relate to food blogging, but I would also love to just open it up after that for our normal type of room. If anyone wants to discuss anything relating to food blogging, if you have something, maybe we'll talk about the episode that I'm referring to for maybe 20 to 30 minutes, and then we'll open it up for other things. Um, If that sounds good, Lauren, we can do that. And then if you just want to do a quick introduction to yourself, that would be awesome to start. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds great, Megan. I'm so excited to talk about that. Um, So my name is Lauren Piamonte. I'm a food blogger at Planivore Kitchen, where I I share healthy alternatives, plant-based eats, allergy-friendly food. And I'm also the food content director of the app Jump Rope. And I am just so excited to talk about this because Ed Mila is one of my favorite people. I love his podcast. And I think that the idea of separation season just was so relevant with what's going on in our world right now. So I was so happy to share it with you too, Megan. 
Yes, it was a great episode. So if you guys don't know the Ed Milet show, he is it, this podcast is amazing and he provides such great information and tools for entrepreneurs just as far as like mindset and general business practices and just kind of common sense things too he brings to the table. But it's a really great show. If you haven't checked it out, do it. But the episode that we're referring to is called It's Separation Season. And this concept is really cool. Um, So basically, it's the concept of separating from the herd, so to speak, in order to make small gains that over time turn into big gains and big wins. And this is a concept I've talked about on my podcast before. And I love this idea because we don't need to do like huge, massive things to improve our lives or our businesses, we can do really little things over time. So the term separation season comes from um, just separating yourself little by little in order to make those really small gains a little bit at a time so that over time you are ahead. Um, So I would just love to have a conversation. If anyone wants to come on stage and talk about this with us, we can give it, I don't know, a good 20 minutes of discussion before we move on to other things. But I would just love to ask you to start, Lauren, what was your biggest takeaway? And do you have anything that you can implement um, in your business that kind of relates to that whole concept of separation season? Yes. So um, to give a little bit of a premise for anyone who hasn't heard this before, he recorded this in, I think, like around Christmas time because he considers the holidays a huge separation season. But he also mentions how summertime, for example, is a really good time for separation because a lot of people are slowing down and they might not be hitting the gas pedal. So uh, he, he talks a lot about how it's like Megan was just saying, there's inches that separate us from other people and during those times are really able to make the most impact and like lap other people, as he says, or not even about other people. He talks a lot about ourselves. So um, I love that part of it because for me, I don't, I try not to compare so much to others. Like I focus on where I was a month ago, a year ago, whatever it may be. So I really resonated with like that side of what he was talking about. And I love how he says, not only are there separation seasons like times of the year, but what separation seasons can you find in your week, in your day? Um, Something that I love that he talked about was Friday afternoons, for example. He's like, Friday afternoons, everyone gets off early. People stop working. You know, you're just like coasting. You're like, oh, no one wants to do calls. No one's going to answer emails. But he says, what if you could really push the gas pedal down in Friday afternoons and be super productive? Um, So I loved that and just finding little points where he said, even like in your evenings, you don't need to work, you know, from 6 to 10 p.m. or something. But if you can say, all right, most people after dinner, like they're just going to watch TV, but I'm going to spend 30 minutes or an hour and actually like work on my blog and do get some emails out, do some things I need to get done, work on a project. Um, So I'm going to personally be implementing that a bit more too, where I'm looking for the opportunities throughout the week. And also right now, just going into summer, looking where I can be prepping for Q3, Q4, you know, getting ahead too. Um, Yes, the weekly thing is great because I do like his whole concept of of doing this during the holidays and busy seasons. For us, that would be Q4. But also just looking at those little times during the week and during your day when you can do it too. So you don't have to go big. I mean, let's say my cutoff time for work is five o'clock, which it is. What if I did like 15 extra minutes a day? That's not a huge investment of my time and energy, but 15 minutes a day, if I do that over the course of a couple of months, that's a lot of work time that I can add up. And then your Friday thing, Lauren, oh my goodness, the last few Fridays, I feel like I've been 100% worthless. And I've just kind of come to that point where I've accepted it. This morning I woke up and I was like, oh, it's Friday. I'm going to be worthless today. And I just was like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to be worthless. I'm going to record Clubhouse. I'm going to turn it into a podcast episode. I'm going to put some effort into it. And I'm going to actually sit down at my desk and work and Um, In previous weeks, what I've been doing is just like sitting on my couch and kind of casually working. So just that extra little bit and not turning it off at noon and 
and, you know, just um, staying focused and keeping your foot on the gas pedal, like he says. So there are little things. And then I wanted to point out too, real quick, um, after I read or after I listened to the episode, I was super inspired and I sent Lauren a direct message on Instagram and I was like, no, I'm not going to type the message. I'm going to do that little extra thing that separates me from the pack. So I sent her a vo- an audio message because that's just one little way that I can differentiate myself and go the extra mile without actually putting in extra work. Actually, sending an audio message is way easier than typing, in my opinion. But it is a little bit of, it's like an extra touch of that that personal touch, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this. If you have um, thoughts about times of the year or times of the day or week when you can separate yourself and how you can do it, or Lauren, I'll pass it back to you. And if you have additional thoughts, I'd love to hear them as well. Sure, Megan, I loved what you were saying too. Like, I, first off, I loved how you did the voice memo because he literally talks about just like, what can you do that makes you unique to other people? And he not only talks about business, which I love like that side of it, but he also talks about your family, your identity. I found a lot of parallels between what he was talking about and the Atomic habit habits book. I don't know if you felt the same, Um, but I love the idea of even, for example, when you're working with a brand or you're pitching a brand, what can I do to um, just really stand out and be unique to all the other pitches that they're getting? So uh, my friend, Samantha, she mentioned she always goes to their about page. She finds their mission and she ties that in some way to to the email, to the brand pitch. And I thought that was amazing. I think that's a way to really separate yourself. And it's like, how, how long does that take you? Maybe a minute to just go check that out but it'll really separate it based on like the basic emails that they're getting that are just somewhat you know someone's just copying and pasting over and over again so I saw when he was talking about just different little little touches you could put on things I felt like that was a way to apply it to food blogging too I'm curious like was there anything else that stood out to you as a way that you could separate yourself like whether it's um, I don't know with your recipes or something like that I, I'm sure there are as far as like recipe posts and recipes go. Um, I think we can kind of lean on our intuition with that because as you're writing, at least for me, as I'm writing a post, I tend to take shortcuts because I'm busy and I want to hurry. So instead of doing that, just slowing down a little bit and asking yourself, how could I make this more unique and how could I add little personal touches into what I'm making? The thing I thought of as you were talking, though, Lauren, was more relating to like getting on podcasts because I just finished um, John Lee Dumas's book, Common Path to Uncommon Success. And one of the things he talks about in there is exactly along these lines. So he recommends all entrepreneurs, you need to get on other people's platforms. You need to get on podcasts, even if you're a food blogger, um, that is going to help your business. So in order to do that, he recommends instead of just filling out an application, why don't you do this instead? You send them a personalized email. Um, you know, you, a few days beforehand, though, you actually take the time to listen to their content and absorb it. Um, really study the most recent 10 episodes. And then you leave a you know five-star five rating and you review it. So when you send your email, you take a screenshot of your review and your rating and you send it and then you go the extra mile and you say, "Um, I would love to be on your podcast. Here's what the title would be and here are some talking points. So you take all of the work out of the equation for them and then you say something like, I love your show. I noticed that in the most recent 10 episodes, you don't have this type topic covered. I would love to cover that for you. Here's the title. Here's the points. Here's um, my review I left for you. And, you know, like just going that extra mile times five or 10. And he said in the thousands of uh, um, podcast episodes that he has recorded and interviews he's done, he has never once received uh, an email like that. And if he did, he would immediately, you know, allow that person to come on his show. So that got me thinking too, and that was before you sent the episode over to me, Lauren, but um, just those little ways where you can add personalized touches to really let people know that you're sincere and that you 
you care and you're really listening and you're leaning into their content. So that was a really long-winded way to answer your question. (laughs) That's such a good idea. I love that because I know, for example, like someone clubhouse conversations, you know, are sometimes a little more casual and whatnot, but I had someone reach out over DM and they were like, I listened to your other clubhouse conversation you had recently. I love what you said about X, Y, Z. Like, do you want to do one together? And I was like, wow, they actually like listened to what I was saying. And, you know, they were able to bring some of the takeaways and that felt, I, I think one, it's like you're you're complimenting someone by listening to their content and then two, by showing that you actually like absorbed it. I think that that's a huge compliment as well. So I love that idea. I think that that's so powerful. And um, I'm curious too, like I've, we had uh, about two weeks ago, I think it was our last week, we had someone on um, our clubhouse room and her name's AV and she was talking about how she's been pitching a lot of TV shows and she does like an HGTV uh, design show. So that even makes me think that if you were to pitch a show, whether it's local news or anything like that, which as food bloggers, we totally should be doing that if that's something that aligns with, you know, your strategy. I think I'd love to use what you're saying, Megan, of like looking at some of their past segments, talking about, you know, what I loved, where I think there's some opportunities that I could really fit in. And you're so right by doing the, you're doing like the bulk of the work for someone. You're saying, this is what we would talk about. This is what the title would be, et cetera. So I love that idea. I think that's so powerful. I'm curious, is there anything else that stuck out to you from that podcast? I feel like there are so many good tidbits. I don't even know which one to talk about. Yeah, I agree. There are so many things. I feel like I need to go listen to it again because you know how that is when you are just absorbing all the information and it's almost like overload. You need to go back and re-listen. That's how I feel. But you referred to Atomic Habits earlier and I agree. There was so much in there that I, uh, that I felt aligned with what is talked about in Atomic Habits. Um, but to go on your point about um, just doing that with like, you know, new segments or TV of some sort, you could also do that if you are interested in being a contributor on somebody's site or if really if you're reaching out to any blogger to get any information from them or you mentioned this earlier too, a brand. If you really want to work with a brand, put in the legwork ahead of time and do something similar to let them know that you really do know about their brand. You're not just like, you know, looking for a quick buck or something. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, Lauren, about people who reach out to me to be on my podcast. And I can always tell immediately if they don't know anything about me. And that is kind of a turnoff. And I, you know, I do let people on who don't know about my show, but it's so much more, it's just a given for me when people are like, oh my gosh, I've listened to five of your episodes and this has been pulled out of it and I really enjoyed this and my business is better because of X and I really appreciate your talk with X because, but when people reach out and they're like, hey, I see you have a food blogging podcast. I'd love to contribute um, this information. It's so different and it's the same thing with our food blogs because we all have people who um, reach out to us on Instagram and maybe they will send you an email Uh, about something and you always know if they truly know you or if they don't. So just encouraging everyone to put in that little bit of extra work when you are reaching out to people and not just that, like not only when you want something, but when you are connecting, like with what I did with you, Lauren, I was like, I'm going to send an audio message because that is so much cooler than just typing out something on my phone. Um, So I'm just really thinking about the way I connect with everyone now and that's friends, like my husband even, you know, the way I, yesterday I checked in with him in the middle of the day and just said, how's your day going? I never do that. (laughs) He was like, are you okay? But just little touches like that really make people feel special and important. Um, And yeah, I would just love to get other people's thoughts too. Is it just me and Lauren that are in, intrigued by this or other are other people as well looks like someone is coming up hold on one second hey hey julie i'm good how are you today good thank you um i hopped in the room after you had mentioned what podcast it was and i know you've 
mentioned Atomic Habits. I love that book. I love listening to that book. But something you said, a, a bunch of things you said about when you reach out to people, like, um, and I just wanted to just kind of chime in and say, you know, like we've all been reached out to by other people. And when you feel like eh, they don't really know me or like they don't really get it or like if they're like trying to pitch baby food to me and I don't have kids. Do you know what I mean? Like you just know that they didn't take that extra time. And my kind of like tip is you have been pitched many times. If you've gotten the emails or you've been reached out to like on Instagram DMs and you basically know how not to do it because of how you've been pitched, right? And so take those and like do the opposite. Like you said, take the extra time to do some research. I love the tip that you said about um, finding out what their mission statement is, but really like diving deep and going, okay, well, this is just not how to do it. Like, you know, spell people's names right and really pay attention. And like, I'm a big fan of copy and paste especially if someone's name is um, spelled differently. Like, and I know like Lauren, like I'm sure people misspell your name all the time. And it's like kind of like one of those indicators where like someone's actually paying attention to detail, you know? Um, and I know sometimes it's not part of your personality to pay attention to detail, but if you're pitching a brand to get, to pay you, those things like really matter. So I just wanted to share that. Like we have so many examples of how not to pitch someone and we can, you know, definitely learn from each experience. Thanks for having me on stage. Julie, that was so awesome. And I'm glad you brought up the name thing because that is one of my huge pet peeves in life, like all around when somebody calls me or somebody else the wrong name or yeah, like even spells my name wrong. And I know it happens sometimes. I've done it before and I'm horrified every time it happens when I do it. But it's just like that a little thing that like, really? You couldn't take the time to make sure that my name was on the email? And I've done that. Oh, my goodness. I did that when I was asking for um, uh, testimonials for my cookbook. I sent someone the wrong because I did like a templated thing like copy and paste because I was sending so many and I sent the wrong name and I felt bad for months after that. So it is a huge pet peeve. But just taking the time to make sure if you're sending someone an email and you really like would love something back from them, make sure those details are right and make sure you know something about them. Like Julie, you getting pitched for baby food when you don't have kids. Like, yeah, that's a big, that's a big uh, detail, <laughs> but I love that. Um, so pitch the way you want to be pitched and then add maybe extra touches along with it. So thinking about what people have done to you and changing that. So I really appreciate that contribution. Um, and then I just wanted to talk about like a few ways we can do this as food bloggers. We've talked about a, a few things as far as pitching brands, um, putting yourself out there in different ways. What about also working on weekends? I know I'm a huge proponent of not working on weekends and just taking care of myself, but there are a few magical hours on Saturday morning when I feel really good. I'm super alert and I'm, I could probably be really productive so what if I sat down for an hour? That's not a huge investment of my time, but that would be enough to um, move me forward if I did that consistently and I it wouldn't burn me out. I wouldn't be put out over my weekend. Um, Lauren or Julie, do you guys have other ideas for just little ways? Oh, and by the way, Julie, you asked about the podcast we were talking about. So it's the Ed Milet Show and the title of the particular episode we're talking about is called it's separation season and he talks about just separating yourself from the herd or from the rest of the pack either by doing a little bit more or be or by being just a little bit different so i'm just curious if you guys have other ways that we can just incrementally um separate ourselves um megan one thing so what you were saying with the weekends something that i really took away from his podcast is that like you don't have to be say, okay, now my whole weekend is dedicated to food blogging, right? You don't have to say, I'm going to spend the whole entire day. It's like what you're saying, just adding that extra hour where you know that you feel productive. And I think that a tool that we can use to, to make the best of that time is really like writing down a list of exactly what you're going to work on. Cause I know sometimes for me, if I say like, oh, you know what? I have an extra day, like or a day off or 
something. I'm going to work on a ton of food blogging stuff. Sometimes when you have so many things that you could possibly be doing, right, especially in the food blogging world, there's always a million things we could be working on. It gets overwhelming and you almost get that freezing moment of I don't know where the heck to start. So I find that just writing down maybe like the top two or three things I want to accomplish because he talks about being so targeted that he's like, okay, you know, this day I'm going to write emails because no one else is doing emails at 8 p.m. or something like that. Um, So I think that's a way that we could separate ourselves where you're not um, overworking yourself, but you're still really putting in uh, the right, just a little bit extra input and getting a lot of output. Um, And the other thing that just came to mind, I know we were talking a couple of weeks ago about like the table of contents, for example, adding something like that to a blog post. I think um, someone had brought that up and I thought that was such a good idea. And just adding, like I already add frequently asked questions, for example, but can you take that extra time to look on uh, what is it called? Answer the public or just even Google what your what your recipe is and pull a few of the top questions and say, all right, I'm going to proactively answer this and really separate myself from someone else who doesn't answer these questions. So I think that's another way I see it as food bloggers. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I love that. Yes, the table of contents is definitely a way you can stand apart because not everybody does that. It's going above and beyond. When I saw it, was it last week or the week before when Taryn, actually, I think you mentioned it and I was like, wait, what? People do that? And when I started looking through a couple of sites, I was like, wow, this is really helpful. And I personally think that the blogger that put this together is going way above what they need to to make my life easier. So that is just one little way. Love that. And also, Lauren, yes, completely agree with being really intentional about your time. If you are going to work on a Saturday or if you are going to work 15 minutes extra every day over a span of time, be sure you're going into that chunk of work knowing exactly what you're doing because otherwise you get that deer in the headlights. What the heck am I working on? I have no idea. And we all know how that turns out. Not very well. So Taryn, welcome to the stage. What do you have for us? Hi, thanks for having me up. I'm outside, so I apologize for any outside noises that may be around. Um, I There's two things I was thinking. One is kind of based off of what Lauren was just talking about, where you have tasks for the day. And I can't, I don't know if it was you, Megan, that was saying this or where maybe another podcast that I heard of um, where they were talking about having really small tasks. So um, things that you could do in like 10 to 15 minutes because you can't always, you know, you don't always have an hour chunk of time to get something done. Um, And I've started doing that um, as well as what you were just talking about, Megan, if you add an extra 15 minutes on your day, what does that you know, what can you do with those extra 15 minutes? Um, so having smaller tasks like that, that where you're breaking a larger task down into a, a lot smaller task um, and just getting, like if you were making a blog post, just writing the meta description or putting together the table of contents like we were just talking about, um, those sorts of things. The other thing I wanted to say where um, earlier on we were talking about um, adding on extra time to your day to try to get, you know, in those, I guess, off seasons. I'm not using the right terminology there, but, um, one thing that I found is, uh, a year or two ago when I was first starting my blog, I was working really late at night. Um, and, and I had a, um, a different job that I was working during the day. Um, and I, ha- I was, I was always tired at night and I was like, why am I doing this? And so recently I've kind of switched my day around, um, where I'm taking care of myself better in the day so that I can work later at night. Um, and I still have energy. So if, if working more sounds daunting, maybe try and evaluate your day and see, okay, where can I maybe, fill my cup up more so that I have more to give in those extra hours. Taryn, I love that so much that you saw that that was not effective for you and that you made a plan and changed it. I think that we all could probably tweak our days and our weeks to do that. And that's something I've been giving a lot of thought to lately because I do, like I mentioned earlier, I just have these days that are just typically not productive or not good 
And I need to plan around that a little bit. So I love that perspective. Lauren or Julie, do you guys do anything like that? I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Julie. Oh, are you sure? Of course. You go for it. Thank you. Um, I, I love that, Taryn. And I, I do try to plan on based on my energy level, too, because I notice that certain times of um, the month where I'll have like a streak of a week or two where I, it's like I can I can do anything. I could lift like 300 pounds. And then there are other times of the month where I'm just like, all right, I just need to sleep. And so when I know that I'm just going to be filled with energy, then I'm going to try to get as much done as I can. And also, Taryn, kind of um, piggybacking on what you said, um, I'm just not a morning person. I actually am more effective in the afternoon and then even late in the late in the evening but it's not really conducive to like spending quality time with my husband and my family so it's just like okay I've got to figure out so so there's some weeks where I'm just gonna be working late and then some weeks I'm not and and just being okay with like I'm just not I'm not someone who gets out of bed at 7 a.m and I'm like such a grumpy person too if you wake me up early and that's just the way I am and I realized and I had read something about like it kind of depends on what time of the day you were born to and I was born at like eight in the evening and and I literally will tell you like I've noticed it all of a sudden will notice that my brain is fully awake after 11 a.m in the morning and I and I always thought like there was something wrong with me like everyone else is getting up so early like you know am I doing something wrong and it's really just knowing how your body works um and then I was gonna say something else um oh you were talking Megan about setting yourself apart um, when I'm working with a brand and I have a contract and usually it'll say like, you need to do this many social media posts and sorry, I'm in the car. Um, so many social media posts and basically, um, a lot of times it'll say like one pin or two pins. And I try to set myself apart by doing, going the extra mile and actually doing additional work. And it doesn't take that much effort, extra effort, right, to do a couple of extra pins. And if I have to do one Facebook post, uh, sometimes I will um, do an additional one or I will reshare my old post because, you know, how like you can just hit the share button and you could share yourself. Like, and I know you've seen other um, food blogger pages where they'll share like an older post from a couple of years ago, but I actually will do that with sponsored posts too, because it'll just, you know, a week later or even a few days later, it'll it'll get more impressions, more engagement because it, uh, different eyeballs will see it. And I can, and I'll even make a point to be like, Hey, here are the links to the social media posts that were required. And here I did some additional ones. Um, you know, hopefully the brand likes that and hopefully your client likes that and, and share those additional links and kind of like point that out. I love everything you said, Julie. That's so great. Lauren, were you going to say something earlier? Yes. First, I want to respond to what Julie said, because I loved it too. That's something that I've been talking to a lot of people about, even at Jump Rope, because how you get like the 15 downloads once you create one thing. So I've seen a lot of bloggers who, because it's no extra effort to do anything, you just have to upload it to your social, right? Or like uh, give it to the brand. I've seen people who they've sold a package that's like say four things and they end up giving the brand an extra like IG story video or something like that. And then the brand is so thankful and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for sending this over, you know. And Julie, I think that's a great way to separate yourself and then really um, solidify your relationship with that brand in the future. If they're designed between two people, they're going to be like, oh, I want to work with Julie again, obviously. So I loved how you said that. And then I wanted to respond to something Taryn said um, I really liked how you were saying about breaking things up into very small tasks. That's something that I think was like one of the biggest really keys that I unlocked to help my productivity because I used to, when I would write a, a list down, a to-do list, I would just say, answer emails, um, you know, prep blog posts, prep Instagram posts. And it was so generic that when I looked at that to-do list, I was like, wait a second, I don't even know where to start. Prep blog posts, that could be like five different things. So now when I write down my to-do list, it's so granular. I write down like answer the email from X brand, you know, do um, this part of the blog post, 
like take the photos for this part, edit the pictures, and I break it down really, really small and get very micro with it. And that has helped me because it's so much easier to check something off like you're saying, Taryn, when it's 15 minutes versus if I put something on there and it's truly going to be like an hour or two of work, it's a lot more daunting. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add that. I love what you guys were saying. Yeah, and it does take some time to do that sort of planning beforehand, I feel like, but it's so worth it and it saves you so much more time if you do it than if you don't. So if you take the time to sit down and make those really um, like detailed to-do lists like you were you guys were talking about it seems like why would I do that that's gonna be like a half an hour of my time or whatever but later you you are going to save yourself emotional turmoil and you are going to get so much more done so I love that whole theme go ahead Taryn can I chime in yeah really fast I was gonna say one thing with that too is it can feel really good to have a whole list of checkboxes <laughs> checked off and be like, look at all I come today. Even if it was just like all these 15 minute tasks, like self-reinforcement. Yes, we all liked, like uh, checked off to do items, right? I think that is like common with every single person in this room. Um, Katie, welcome. Do you have something to share? And yeah, just glad you're here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm Katie. I blog at katiescucina.com and I share modern comfort food for the busy family. Um, oh my gosh, so much of this resonates with me, especially as we're about to transition into the summer season and we have to, if you have children now, you have to kind of reimagine your schedule because they're going to be home and you want to be a little more present um, throughout the day. I definitely agree with Taryn about just trying to um, break down the larger task. There's some days that I just can tell I'm not focused. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to channel my blog work energy for later and work on something that needs to be done at the house. Or on, we were also talking about like on like the weekends and stuff, trying to be you know more present and put work away. But I have found recently that Sunday nights after I put the kids to bed, I have this burst of energy. So I try to set myself up for the week by making a list and even going in and maybe working on emails for the week or for like a couple weeks worth of newsletters or going through and deleting old blog posts or doing SEO research, just kind of channeling in on whatever, I don't know, whatever I can be the most productive at. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately. I've just been writing a list at the beginning of the week, like, all right, these are the blog posts that I want to do a full revamp on um, with, with the new photos and editing and stuff. And then um, I'll kind of just work off that. And I also always have this other list of like, okay, I need to be updating these categories. I need to um, work on adding more um, fresh pins you know, stuff like that. So I've definitely been trying to give myself flexibility because when I'm not focusing, I know that I'm just wasting the time. So I'd rather just try to channel, even if it's something that I wasn't planning on working that day, I want to try to just get something done. So I know something is better than nothing. Um, and even if it is only for like 20 or 30 minutes versus, you know, spending hours on one task. Yes, I love it too, Katie. Thank you for sharing all of that. And to go along with your like taking advantage of those bursts of energy, um, on the flip side of that, what I've started doing is noticing when I have like the opposite. So when I'm like really dragging and forcing myself to work, it's usually later in the day or like three o'clock in the afternoon and just seeing it and then stopping and doing something else, kind of what that's probably what you were talking about, Taryn, is like, okay, clearly I'm not being super productive right now, so I'm going to do something else so I can be productive later. And just like working with what works for you, because I think we all work so differently. Um, but yeah, Katie, setting yourself up in small ways so that you can be successful later. Planning your week is kind of annoying, but when you do it, isn't it great? You just feel like awesome going into Tuesday. I know exactly what I'm doing today. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I wish that I could get 
I like have tried to get a little more granular, like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to work on this and Tuesday. And I found that that just does not work for me because some days I'm more focused or I have more energy to put on other tasks than others that I had planned on. So I kind of just started giving myself, you know, okay, like, like within the next week and a half, I want to have these eight blog posts republished and updated to be fully optimized. And I also still know that I have this other running list going on. And then of course I have another blog that has become, I don't know, like I'm trying to revive it, but I'm also currently working on really updating and getting Katie's Cucina up to the 2021 standards. Um, But I'm kind of at the point now where I'm feeling a little bit better about, okay, I have some more time. So when I have those bursts of energy to go work on my DIY lifestyle blog, I will go back and I'll start working on it. And there are days where like, I'll spend the whole day and I'm like, man, I got nothing done for Katie's Cucina. But I did get like probably a month's worth of work done on uh, my uh, DIY blog. So woodsy. So yeah, it just, I don't know. You just have to kind of learn to kind of follow your instincts and see what is going to work best for you. And I don't think you need to have, I mean, I think the way you do it is just fine because that seems to work for you. Some people work really well when they've got every day booked. That's me. Um, But I don't think that that is going to work for everyone. But having a running list of things that you can work on, I think is really important. And knowing, at least in your mind, knowing what is the most important one or two or three to five tasks so that if you do have time and you find that burst of energy, you can tap into those things immediately. You don't have to think about it. You're like, oh, yep, I have to do that. Go ahead, Taryn. I'm curious. um, And I think it might be good for just sharing in general is where do people keep their to-do list? Because I know I keep mine in a note-taking program called Evernote. um, And it has like formatting where it will put check boxes that you can check off, which I am really, <laughs> that's really good for me to be like, oh, I can click this and I see the check mark and it's really good. But I know there's other ones out there and I'm just curious what other people use. Um, I do like Trello like to organize a lot of that, but I will say I love writing things down. However, I also love being sustainable. So what I got is this notebook that you can get on Amazon and it's basically a whiteboard. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. And it essentially has, I don't know, probably 10 different whiteboard pages. And what you can do is just write down like a check, you know, your your own checkbox to-do list. Um, and then I'll erase it at the end of the day or, you know, when it's done. So I personally love that thing and I can also use it. I'm just a very visual person. So I like to see it right there. I can also use it if I want to start kind of like planning something out with my blog. It comes in handy a lot of times. And I think it, it was probably like $15 on Amazon. Does anyone else want to share how they manage to-do lists? I love the whiteboard idea, Lauren. I've never tried that, but what a great idea. Love that. Well, I'll share what I do. Um, I kind of rotate between different strategies. So there is something inside of Google Calendar that is called, I'm clicking over right now. It's like the little blue, okay, if you're inside of Google Calendar, it's a little blue icon um, called Tasks. Do you guys ever use that? I go through stretches where I use this for exactly what we're talking about, like having my top five things that I need to work on when I'm feeling great. Um, But sometimes I um, will just use a pen and paper and I'll do that for weeks and then I'll kind of get tired of that. So then my to-do list goes back on to my Google Calendar. So Evernote, I used to use that, Taryn. I really liked it. Are you looking for a new strategy? Are you happy with Evernote? I really like Evernote. I was just curious you know, it's always interesting to hear what other people use. If there's like, I've never heard of a whiteboard journal <laughs> before. I think that's really awesome, Lauren. Um, so it's just interesting to hear because maybe there's something that, you know, I could be doing that would be more efficient or better or easier, you know. I love the whiteboard idea and I might steal that. I use my whiteboard for goals and I always have like running like kind of like three month goals and then year goals, and I put it in my bedroom, and I'm always looking at that, but I never thought of doing that daily or weekly. 
Um, but that's really intriguing because then you can just like wipe it clean, right? It's not even like turning a page because then the page is still there. Just completely wiping it clean sounds good to me. And I think you would love it, Megan, because it has like separators between each page too. So it won't, it won't like erase unless you actually want to erase it. So I love it. Whoever came up with this idea was very smart. If anyone can't find it and needs a link, just DM me. Lauren, email me the link and I am going to turn this clubhouse room into an episode. So I will link to it in the show notes and I'm probably going to purchase one today because you sold me. I love it. I'll send it to you. Awesome. Um, So it looks like Raquel, I was trying to get you on stage. I don't know. This sometimes happens where it looks like you're on stage, but you're not. Are you there? I'm here. Sorry. Oh, that's I'm, okay. Not, I'm sort of new to speaking on the clubhouse. I'm usually just listening, so I wasn't sure what I needed to do. No, you're fine. This is great. So what do you have? Okay, so um, my blog is Organized Island. Um, I'm actually a former productivity uh, manager, and now I'm a full-time blogger. And one of the things that I really love is I love to use Google Sheets for all of my to-do lists. And what's nice about that is that you don't have to rewrite the list because a lot of our work is recurring, right? You know, when we're doing a a food post, a food blog post, we have the recipe creation, editing, et cetera, et cetera. So I found that really helpful because my list is is there. And one of the things I do is I've also broken it out to 10 minute tasks. So I have a separate list with just 10 minute tasks. So whenever I have 10 or 15 minutes, I can do those little things that are usually maybe not as important, but they're still somewhat important. And I can kind of squeeze them in my day that way. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I like that. And I like hearing different people's ways to manage to-do lists. That's a great way too. Um, yeah, 10-minute tasks and even smaller you could do, right? Like you could do five-minute tasks. And I remember somebody saying a few weeks ago in this room, "I was that you, Lauren? I can't remember. But somebody was saying, is this going to take me 60 seconds to do or less. And if you, if the answer is yes, then do it. If it's not, then maybe add it to your to-do list. But I love that too, because we can break things down into such small chunks. They don't have to be like two hour chunks of time. So that's such a great concept. Was that you that mentioned that Lauren, or was I dreaming that? Yes. I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, is this going to take me, you know, 60 seconds or two minutes or less, or is this going to take me longer? And if it's going to take me longer, I add it to the list. Otherwise I'm like, just do it, just get it done. Even not for blogging, like stuff around the house. If I'm like, Oh, can I just wipe this down or clean this and it be done? Um, I always ask myself that. So what if you have a series of those things, then what do you do? Like I can do X that's going to take a minute and then another thing, you know, like, can they just pile up on top of each other? Yeah, I suppose you could then kind of do, I guess it kind of goes along with uh, with what Taryn was co- uh, talking about last week with like habit stacking in a way, almost you could do like little task stacking. So for example, if I was in the kitchen and I was like, oh my God, I just made so many recipes. I have dishes everywhere. I might say, okay, you know what? I need to just block like 15 minutes later to do it or 15, maybe 15 minutes now to do it. But then if it's something that I'm just like, either being, you know, is the option to be lazy and just leave it, or I can just do this in two minutes. I'll usually just like get it done. Yeah. I, I have this weird thing that's ingrained in me where I what like, once I start a task, I feel like I have to do the whole thing because my dad was notorious growing up for like starting the lawn, like mowing the lawn and he would do like 10 minutes and then he'd leave. And then the lawn would be like half done and we'd be like, okay, are you going to finish? So I always have it in my mind that I can't do that. I can't do five minutes of dishes. I've got to do the whole thing. So maybe that's just a personal issue I have to get over. Um, but I was going to run this by you guys because as we're talking, I've kind of sorted through a solution to a problem I've been having. There's a new project I want to start that I'm super excited about, but I just don't like, I don't have the time for it right now currently. But what if I, took 15 minutes a day like I was talking about and just worked on that project for 15 minutes a day because if I did that over the summer the project would probably be done because it's a 
big project. Have you guys ever done anything like that? I did that early in my blogging career when I was still working a corporate job. I would come home and I would just like set a timer. I have to work for 15 minutes until this blog is up. I'm curious if any of you have a history with that. I would relate to what you're saying with working, you know, your job and everything and having to set a timer for whether it be the evening, the weekend, whatever that may be. So I definitely do that. And lately I've been trying to group them based on little projects I've been working on. So I'd be really curious, Megan, if you try it out, I want to know how uh, how it works out, how efficient it is. Um, Julie, I know you've been working on a project. So maybe have you been doing something like that too or any tips? Hey, can you hear me Okay. Yep, I can hear you. I'm like, I was driving earlier, so now I'm with somewhere where there's, like, music, and I have a mask <laughs> on, so I'm hoping you can hear me. So, um, yeah, you know, I really love the Atomic Habits book, but, like, I'm terrible at developing new habits. At least I know that about myself, right? And I know he talks about, like, doing something 15 minutes a day and, like, really moving forward. For me, it was really hard because I, it was hard to focus, so... Lauren's talking about, I'm writing a book right now, and I just actually sent it to Lauren to, to, to test and review for me, and I sent it to six other people, so I'm really excited, hoping that I can launch it next month, but it's been like a labor of love and like, and also a labor of, I shouldn't say a labor of hate, because it's really hard to, it's hard for me to write, you know, um, and so one thing that's really helped me is having... I didn't realize she was going to become this, but like I took this like email course last September and there were other people. It was actually really, it was a really helpful class because instead of being like an on-demand course, they, she had it like, she was, had six different classes and it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for two weeks. Um, and you it met for like 90 minutes, right? And I felt like, oh gosh, that really works for me because I could I could attend it live. I'm not going to just be like, oh, I'll watch it later. I'll watch it later. I'll watch it later, right? But a couple of people in the chat, and I'm sorry I'm going long on this, a couple of people in the chat were like, hey, let's meet up and be accountability partners and actually get the stuff done that we learned in this course. And so I met a couple of people out of that, and I do these like Zoom sessions with one of them now, and we do it every week, every Monday afternoon. I'm going to stop to the side here and take my, I'm, I'm like out of breath now. Um, but yeah, we meet for like an hour and a half once a week and we just get the stuff done together on Zoom that we don't want to do. And we hold each other accountable. So like at the beginning for five minutes, we talk about, okay, what are we going to work on? We set a timer for 45 minutes, work on it and then sync back up and then do another 45 minutes. And that's been really helpful. So when I was really working on the meat of that book, she was meeting with me like three or four times a week for like a couple of weeks. Cause I, I actually asked her, um, cause it started out as a group, but then now it's really hard. Cause like she's in the UK, someone's in New Zealand. I think someone else is in New York. And so the person in New York kind of dropped off. We were doing it every Monday afternoon. And you know, with the time change, for the time that we're meeting, it's like 6 or 5 a.m. in the morning, and so it wasn't working, and I was like, well, I can't do later on Monday afternoon. Anyways, so it kind of just turned into this one person that I meet with, and I kind of brought it to the group at one point. I was like, hey, I need to work on this book, not getting it done. Can someone meet with me? And she get, works on all the stuff that she needs to work on, and, and she's not even, like, in my vertical. Like, she... Um, I think she's like an occupational therapist for like for kids who have who are, have special needs, and she's doing a lot of it over Zoom. So, and, and you know, I'm a food blogger, and we just and we actually will bounce ideas off of each other. So, I'm actually for like starting even a food blogger group where we just kind of like meet on a certain day and just literally just work on the stuff that we cannot seem to get done on our own. And it's like literally, I've been calling them co-working sessions because that's literally what it is. It's like she's she's my ability to have like a water cooler session, basically, like just like when I used to work in an office. But that's what's worked for me. I'm done speaking. Accountability, right? Just having someone say, Julie, are you doing this? Because I know you don't want to, but you need to. 
I think accountability is so huge in our world because there's so many things that we don't want to do, at least speaking for myself. <laughs> I could be alone in that. Um, is there anything? Oh, go ahead, Katie. Oh, so to add on to that, Megan, I know that you're kind of in the same boat as I am where we're updating like an insane amount of old blog posts from like the past 10 plus years. Um, what I have been doing, I, for some reason in my earlier days of blogging, I thought it was a good idea to make these roundups of like 50, 75, 100 different recipes. And they've always done well. Um, so I've been working on trying to update them. But I, but I literally will only do it for like 15 or 20 minutes at a time, like every other day, because I cannot sit there and work on like 100 plus recipes, adding links into the um, WP recipe maker plugin. So that's kind of one way that I've been breaking up a task that's kind of daunting and just giving myself 15 or 20 minutes to work on it. So eventually each one will be updated. Yep, in the same boat and those tasks that make you want to pull out your hair and gouge out your eyeballs, I totally agree that you need to break it down. Like that's kind of the theme of what we've been talking about. Just break it down and put little tiny increments into your calendar. So I use this app called Sorted um, and that's exactly what I do. I'll do like 15 minutes working on audit stuff and then I will literally spend 15 minutes or 15 minutes in Instagram today and that's all I can handle for those tasks because otherwise I feel like I'm going to go crazy. So that is a great strategy. Lauren sent me the link to that amazing notebook and I'm looking at it now. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. How have I never known about this before? It's so cool. I love that thing. Megan, can we talk to, I actually just was thinking about one other part of that episode that I'd love to like briefly talk about before we wrap up. Um, it was how Ed talked about identity and how I loved the analogy that he used. It really stuck with me. He said that when you do these tasks, think about like if you went to the bank and you deposited a thousand dollars and you, you get your deposit slip, you get that validation of like, okay, that's how you know that you just made it happen. He says that you really need to be your own deposit slip, essentially. Like you need to make sure you're saying to yourself, like, yes, I am someone that accomplished this or like, yes, like I did this today or, you know, you need to recognize it because um, then it helps become part of your identity more so. And then it'll just like encourage yourself to continue with it. So I thought that was a really big part of it. I don't know if you had any thoughts there. I know Atomic Habit talks about identity too. And I just think it's yeah, that goes with the theme of Ed Milet, I feel like, just that mindset piece of it instead of just, you know, figuring out your calendar and your schedule and figuring out which things are going to set you apart from others. You also have to work on your mindset and how, like, what are your limiting beliefs and what do you feel you are capable of? And so identifying with what you're doing, like you were saying, Lauren, is a huge piece of it, if not the most important piece of it in my opinion. But if you guys have not listened to Ed Milet, thank you, Lauren, for introducing me to him. You should go to your favorite podcast player and pull up his show. Start with that episode. It's separation season. It's called. He's so full of great stuff. He just, everything he says resonates with me. I love it. Um, and then it, this has been great. I don't, what do you guys think? Has this been good? Would you rather have more um, just scattered food blogging topics. I suppose we could do a combination. We could occasionally do just really focused topics like this on Fridays. But I thought this was amazing and I didn't realize we'd all have so much to contribute. So thanks you, thanks you guys for all of the great stuff. Um, any last words, Lauren, Taryn, Katie? No, not for me. Just to echo what you said, um, definitely check out Ed Milet. He is amazing. And I would actually recommend, he's one of those rare people where I love listening to his podcast episodes that he does just him where he's not interviewing someone else because he is so full of actionable tips. And that's like my favorite thing. So highly, highly recommend. And I was just going to say, this was, I agree, Megan, this was a great chat. And I feel like there was a really a lot of good information that people were sharing. Um, and I'm going to connect with Julie about <laughs> doing a co-working session because I think that's a great idea. Um, and there are definitely tasks where I'm like, oh, I do not want to do this. And so Julie and I can do them together. 
Perfect. I love that idea. And that's why co-working is so popular too, um, to get the social interaction, but also to get that accountability. So awesome. Well, if any of you guys have ideas for future topics we could cover, or if you have a podcast episode that resonates with you like Lauren did and send it along to me, and then we can chat about anything that relates to food blogging. Obviously, this is a huge piece of food blogging because we need to separate ourselves from others in some way because there is so much competition and yeah, just a great, great nugget. So thanks again, Lauren. Thanks you guys so much for being here and we'll see you next Friday. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.